0: four, three. Hi there, this is Lina Orlando and welcome to Align with Lina. Today I am so excited because I have a wonderful, wonderful guest. Her name is Hope Gold and we are going to have a lovely, lovely conversation. One of... things that is really exciting Lina events is that I want to give people the opportunity to hear what it's like to go through a spiritual awakening this shows shows up in so many different ways for different people the outcome is always duly to Rome the outcome is going to be a connection with our true self our connection with the aspect of ourselves that is eternal unchanging. You could call it the I could call it the Buddha nature that we are. So we will eventually all come to that place, emerging with consciousness a oneness with all that is and a self-realization, a self-actualization. It doesn't matter what term we use, but the process is all the same the procession of, of beliefs, ideas that we have had about ourselves that are not um, in alignment with our true nature, with our, our Christ consciousness, our Buddha nature. So the journey is a road that, that takes us, for many of us, years and years, decades, lifetimes actually, Of who we are, beliefs that we hold about ourselves, and choosing to let them go. Because it is the beliefs that we have about ourselves that are limiting our potential to be self actualized. So, today, in talking to her journey, so we're just going to have a conversation. If you're watching, feel free to post questions or comments. We would love to hear from you because this is an interactive process. So, hope. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so excited to have you here and getting a comment from Mario saying namaste. So namaste to you as well. This full opportunity to hear more about your own journey. So again, thank you for being here. Thank
1: you. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about... um, when did you realize that you were entering a spiritual journey?
2: Um, I think for me, it really, really started to kick in when I was in college. So I was a history major, and um, I noticed that in my studies as a history major, I kept finding myself drawn to spiritual beliefs and practices and world religions and philosophy, but all woven through studying history and um, being raised kind of traditionally in the Christian church. In college, the more that I learned, the more my um, worldview broadened. And I started to really think, okay, this is far bigger than what I've been told. And just what is that and what does that mean? So I would say by the time I graduated from college, I just started reading everything I could get my hands on, studying, learning, um, looking for commonalities and patterns and what other people had had picked up along the way spiritually. Um, And by the time I was into kind of the mid-90s, I got my hands on A Course in Miracles, which made a huge impact for me as well. And it just, it's always been a part of who I am. It's just such a core part of my essence, just the meaning of life and that quest. So, and, and then I'm grateful that it went that route because I spent kind of the first half of my life really putting it all together from almost a rational perspective, yet combined with the spiritual. So I was able to kind of cognitively process it first before I really started to integrate it more like an energetic level. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would say the spiritual awakening real shift really came um, in October 2013 when our friend passed. Yeah. That early, you go ahead because, yes, there's more.
0: (laughs) Before we get to that, Uh when you began to study A Course in Miracles Mm -hmm. and you were are beginning to read things of life. Mm-hmm. What were some of the the reactions that you first began to experience internally? Because I know for me, when I began to expand my awareness, mm-hmm. I began to think about things that were so different than what I had been taught was true. Mm-hmm. To feel that I was entering into a very taboo realm. Right for you when you began to, to read things that were either contrary to what you believed about life mm-hmm. or God or whatever it was, foreign, Um not necessarily contrary, but maybe you had no concept of, what was that like for you to integrate some of these? Mm-hmm. Life-
2: for me, it was always um, positive and delightful. Like I had other friends who were doing that as well and they would really have this crisis of faith. So some folks, I know it becomes a big struggle trying to kind of make sense of the questioning and the answers that are coming in and what they're discovering. For me, it was positive and almost a relief because I, you know, from adolescence on, it just never set really well with me. I knew there was more. Um, And so when I started to piece it together and, and learn more, and um, a lot of peace and a lot of relief came through from what I was learning. And it made sense. It just made sense.
1: Speak, you know? to,
0: speak to what that more was that was making sense and provided relief. That That's something you clearly mm-hmm. did not have your awareness. So what was this more that stretched you?
2: Um, I think the first... Um, concept was reincarnation so when i when i walked into the the idea of rebirth and reincarnation and it started showing up in a lot of the like books that i was reading and people that with whom i was engaging at the time um that was the first concept that gave me a sense of okay now this makes sense you know because a lot of us are raised in this paradigm of this is our only time here you know, we don't come back repeatedly. We're this is this is it. This is our shot. And if if you subscribe to a belief system where when you pass you're kind of going to heaven or hell, um, and that's not and you're but you're being told that your God is a God of love. You know, it, for me rationally that wasn't really adding up. So when I got to the concept of reincarnation. It, it gave me peace because it really, um, first of all, made me realize how personally responsible I am for this journey and how my love of learning is totally a soul process as well. And so the more I learn and the more I open myself up and really take seriously this lifetime, but also know that there have been other lifetimes, that there are themes of lessons running through these lifetimes, um, and perspectives that we are gaining in myriad ways through these different experiences um, and lessons, it was just like the light bulb went on. So I would say that was kind of the first philosophical step that gave yeah. me relief.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because it was almost identical for me because my mm-hmm. journey my journey began in uh, fifty five And the first thing that I began to experience was a fear of death. All of a sudden, death became very real to me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It was that fear of dying that a friend of mine was so concerned that I I was so scared about Mm -hmm. dying.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And when she gave me that book on near-death experiences, what it did for me, was tell me that there was something else on the other side
1: mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm.
0: help me not be so afraid
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: and then being the angel that she is you know really my first spiritual teacher, so mm-hmm. I was able to bookend my my life with mm-hmm. past lives and future uh potential lives yes. um, that gave me a level of peace that allowed me to begin the process of saying, there's gotta be more. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's gotta be more. So interesting that both of us um, that 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 was an entree into into this journey. So tell me then once you begin to realize that there's so much more to you, what what came next? What did you do next? What what began to move you? Because as if the minute we have that realization, the world conspires to show us more, to guide us, you know, synchronistically things. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll
0: share mm-hmm. what happened to me in a, in a minute. But I want to know
1: mm-hmm. what mm-hmm.
0: happened after that,
2: once you realized you were part of something bigger? Well, the first thing I want to say, this is so interesting, because when I started reading and, and really getting into all of this literature and, and things that I had mentioned before, um, I was teaching at the time. It was my very first teaching job, and um, I worked across the hall from this lady who was kind of my mom's age, and she, I had an uncle die at the time, so this was like 95, and um, I was out a couple of days from work, and I showed back up at work one day, and she had, in my teacher's box, had just put a book in there and didn't say anything to me. Um, and I discovered this book. And I took it out. And she said, well, I thought that might help you a little bit with your grief process. And the book was called Closer to the Light. And it was about near-death experiences. So I had the same foray into into starting my, like, going down that path with studying literature. with and- the near-death experiences.
0: Yeah, the, the book that was given to me was called Into the
2: Light. Oh wow, love it. So love it. it. Yeah, and that made a <laughs> difference to me because of the the way it had been compiled through all these case studies, and it was scientific, you know. And they were collaborating the data, and, and so that was that really spoke to me at the time because I was like, look, all of these folks around the world are having extremely similar experiences as they are passing and speaking on the other side and coming back and, and then it just, yeah, it just kind of barreled out from there. So, but I know your question was after the reincarnation, kind of what was next. Yes. The world was open. Again. Um, so what came next for me were a couple of things. Um, I started to study astrology and Believe it or not, astrology is data driven. So the more you study the planets and kind of where they're moving in the sky and the energies that they bring to us in our lives personally and as a collective, um, that and it's also rooted in the concept of reincarnation. So that gave me another way to kind of track, like, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And what am I bringing forth with me from other times? You know, kind of what are my goals as a soul? So I started to study that, and I love it, and I always will. And um, and then in addition to that, I got into a course in miracles, and so that became another layer of what I would call peace and relief. And I know, of course, you know that you know, of course, miracles very well. Yes,
0: I do. I know it now. Um, but let's talk about this astrology piece because when when i was growing up and i grew up catholic mm-hmm. and i grew up uh not a staunch catholic
1: mm-hmm.
0: like but but Catholicism reality um when i was growing up so things like astrology were were pretty much taboo yes and reading yes. my my um uh horoscope that seemed that was okay that was playful
2: right um, right In the newspaper yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> Yes, because if it was in the newspaper, it, it had to be true. Right, right, um,
2: and it had to be okay, so, at some level,
0: yeah. some <laughs> um, level, always somewhat benign. But mm-hmm. as I began to really look at the correlation, like you said, it's mm-hmm. very data driven, yeah. and I went and and saw a wonderful astrologer. Many people that probably are watching this know. Her, and if they don't, if they've just an astrologer, her name is Lorelei Robbins,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: she did this chart thing for me. And it was amazing. This was about 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was so spot on. That was the first time that I I actually read who I uh, it's, I mean they were true inside of me, but they were not things I talked to anybody about. Right. My aspirations, my dreams, my desires, mm-hmm. my, my deepest longings of how I wanted to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, stuff was out there on paper, and I was reading about me. It very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Share with me what were some of the things that astrology helped you discover about yourself that assisted you in, in becoming more self actualized.
1: Mm.
2: Well, it helped me um, definitely understand myself better. It, it confirmed and validated my life experiences um, and what I felt like my mission was. You know, at this time on the planet, nice. Um, so it, it really confirmed and validated just kind of my core personality, as well as what my goals and aspirations were as a soul. And it also confirmed um, what I felt like I was coming out of in other lifetimes. So what I carried around with me since early childhood, like personality traits and things that I was drawn to and like natural talents and things, it, it gave me a sense of, oh, I'm coming in with that. That makes sense. Um, the other thing that it gave me that has been huge for me in this lifetime is it has given me the ability to really come at each person that I meet from a very non judgmental perspective and also um, really give grace. Because the more you study astrology, the more you study soul paths in general, and you work with folks in this realm, um, the more you really realize. It can so vary what an individual soul comes in for and to learn and to work on. It really can vary. So what somebody comes in and is doing in their lifetime may really seem out of the box or possibly unhealthy. You know, general society is not going to get it. Um, that could be exactly what they came in to do and to learn. So, it, you know, so it has really given me that um, kind of core of acceptance. And grace as well with myself and others absolutely with self and
0: others is is one of the beautiful aspects uh, as I've experienced it in up the spiritual journey mm-hmm. you no know, hope I've been a coach now My um, my coaching is very very specific I only work with people who are on a journey to awaken Mm-hmm. that they're doing that because what i teach what i coach on would make no sense um so because one of the things that inevitably this journey and others are one and the same mm-hmm. that every single one of us is is an expression of the other right, right? of the other and that is such a Such a difficult concept for people to really get when you're just having a conversation.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You haven't had an actual experience of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So when, so speak a little bit more about how you were able to gain more than others that allowed you to to be more attuned to our sameness, our oneness, if you will.
2: OK, I got the last portion of your question, but I, I'm going to need you to repeat it because you blipped out for a second
0: of audio difficulty here. But yeah. um, so tell me, what was it through your studying that <laughs> you came to realize
1: mm-hmm.
0: really made you same uh, yourself and others? How, how did you find common? What was it that you realized to experience the realization that we're all
2: Yes. Um, yes. So I think as I was studying and, and growing, um, the, um, the idea and the concept of really God not being this paternal figure in the sky, but God being more of our source and that if we're all sparks of the divine, that's what I was kind of coming to over time is we are all sparks of the divine. And we're all here as God consciousness, you know, having this experience and involving and growing as what appears to be individual souls, but really we're still part of that whole. And so I am you and you are me and together we really are one, you know, um, so that's kind of how I got there. And it just, and that was also something that made sense and gave me peace.
0: Yes. And, you know, you've said that a couple of times. Mm-hmm.
2: that
0: You read has been, is a hallmark. I feel uh, that we are on a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Is we begin to be exposed to things that we were not taught as children. Right. That what the mainstream speaks about, but mm-hmm. we begin to hear things that feel so coming home to truth in a way.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Think of all of those ahas that I've had. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I thought I was learning new things, but later on, I realized that every aha was a validation, a confirmation yes. of a
2: yes, remembering absolutely. my truth. Yes. That's a beautiful way that's what, yes
0: As I mentioned to you in the beginning when I started reading or discovering about reincarnation and past lives, future lives, it scared me. Mm-hmm. But once I began to feel more of those ahas, then mm-hmm. that's when I began to really feel peaceful about my discovery, even mm-hmm. though it was making sense, I still patient out there. But mm-hmm. once I really experience those ahas on a regular basis I knew I knew something inside of me knew the truth yeah we need to settle into that that part of me that knew the truth right so share with me now about the course in miracles because due to it I've only been uh I guess maybe about four years now and, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more about why I've taken to it so quickly and, and with such an intense passion. But tell me about your experience with the Course in Miracles because that is one radical document.
2: Yes, it is. It's, so it started for me, again, kind of mid-90s. Um, I'm still in my first teaching job, but I'm getting ready to go overseas in the Peace Corps. And my teacher friend, who is absolutely... Uh, to this day, a spiritual mentor for me. We've been friends this whole time. But very um, absolutely, we were supposed to find each other so that she could kind of propel me along this way. So this is like 1996, and she starts showing up at work with cassette tapes of Marianne Williamson giving like all these different talks. And so I would ride around in my car playing these cassette tapes, of Marianne Williamson talking about, you know, everything rooted in The Course in Miracles. So I remember there was a cassette tape, you know, just on love. There was one on fear. There was one on anger. You know, there were all of these different topics. And, and so I would ride to work doing whatever, and I would run those tapes. So that was my first introduction to it. Um, and I remember some of the, the concepts um, or precepts that really stuck with me and always will Um, the first one is just that we are perfect and whole, just as we are. And for those of us who were raised in systems, you know, where the concept of sin is very prevalent, you know, being born imperfect, you know, and and, um, those ideas and a lot of that kind of gets drilled into you over time, um, as well as the, the concepts of, you know, God loves you, but you don't necessarily deserve God's love. But he loves you. You know, there's a lot of that that those of us in fundamentalist backgrounds grew up with. So when I first heard, oh, no, 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 you just need to peel back those layers of your life experiences and what you've been told to get down to the root of who you are and the root of who you are is love and light and that you are whole and perfect, you know, just, just as you are. So that was the big um, kind of teaching. That just, I say it to this day. I'm always kind of putting that out there to different folks when it comes up. Um, so, and then, and then the idea of, you know, there's these yes. two. There's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you, you please, you finish. <laughs> and then the interesting thing too about, of course, in miracles. It gave me Jesus back. And I think for a lot of folks, you know, so for a lot of folks who come out of these similar backgrounds who struggled with some of those contradictory messages and, and things that sometimes can be kind of harmful to the human psyche if you're living a life that's not matching what you're being told, um, kind of on the fringes of society or whatever. Um, so I got Jesus back, again, in a way that gave me peace and made sense, that resonated. You know, and I, and I was able to say, that's who I felt he was. You know, once you kind of, again, peel through the layers of, like, doctrine and what has been written down and and what feels true versus what might have been altered by human hands and in scripture and things like that. So that was another thing that was just so beautiful to me. I love Jesus.
0: <laughs> I love hearing you say that because growing up Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Jesus obviously was a member. As a little girl, hearing things that were said about Jesus that just did not make sense. Mm-hmm. There were there were aspects that were so convoluted to the mind of a child.
1: And mm-hmm.
0: so needless to say, I went ahead and um as I got a little bit older, I, I let go of the church. Um then actually, I grew up in the Dominican Republic, so I went to traditional uh, Catholic masses that were in Latin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Spanish, but in Latin. Then I moved to the US when I was 14 years old, and I lived with the family when it termed them holy rollers. Mm-hmm. Lovely, absolutely lovely people
1: yeah, yeah.
0: to hear things that were really frightening and anyhow I as quickly as I could I I left that. I didn't want to be associated with any of that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But as I began to go through my my uh, my awakening when after my mom mom died and I began to question things I experienced with Jesus. I began to hear Jesus speaking to me. I could tell that it was Jesus. There was a certainty um, no doubt in my mind or in my heart that I was being uh, spoken to. Now, I'll start crying because it's it's the most beautiful uh, message. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just
0: let me know, really, what you're talking about, the perfection of who I am. That mm-hmm.
1: I love. mm-hmm.
0: And in August of... Amazing things have happened for me in August, but
1: me too. August
0: of two thousand and seven years ago, yes, almost yes, To the day, I I had an encounter. I had an experience through an energy session mm-hmm. where I, I met Jesus, um, and that was the second time. But at at that time, when I had that encounter, the, the truth of everything was revealed to me,
1: and it, mm-hmm. it, it,
0: altered altered me in such a way, her level, I, I became, um, very present to the magnificence of who I am. Mm. But at the same time, it was the magnificence of everybody.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: At, around that time, I was given, I was inspired to write a workshop called the power of awareness mm-hmm. And I began to teach it right away because I knew I was guided to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My if that was based on a course in miracles, which I was not familiar with.
2: Oh, interesting! That, that's interesting.
0: Oh my goodness! It, it was absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. It was almost, I don't know, five or six years before I I actually started teaching or wow. reading The Course in Miracles. Yeah. It was amazing. But mm-hmm. tell me about your experience with the Course in Miracles, please.
2: Well, I have to be honest and say that I have not actually read that entire book. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have been like the Cliff Notes version. That's study, okay. Study student. <laughs> but I did um, probably five or six years ago Um, At Christmas time, got a bookstore gift certificate and went into the bookstore and of course nothing happens by accident. And so I was looking in like the spirituality section of books, trying to figure out what I would buy with my gift certificate. And I saw this book sitting out and it was called The Disappearance of the Universe. And it was like how to stop the cycle of reincarnation and karma and la. And so I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, this looks pretty good. So I read the back and I buy it and bring it home. And it was rooted in the Course in Miracles. And it took the Course in Miracles. It, it spun it in a way that made it make even more sense to me and resonate even more with me. You know, and the and the author was someone who was also kind of channeling some of that as well. It was coming through in a very interesting way. Um, Gary Renard is the the author, and that brought it back. So it came back to me. So I kind of had it going on in the 90s, and then went on about my life, doing other things, continuing the quest of spiritual meaning. But then when I got that book, it brought, of course, the miracles back to me, and again into that place of peace. It's amazing how it does that, you know, but just the concept of forgiveness and letting go, you know, and that that's another core, um, you know, lesson or teaching is, is learning to really, to me, I would sort of, it's a languagey thing, but I would kind of equate it with really getting comfortable with your own state of Zen,
1: your own state of
2: flowing, you know, learning to let go learning to forgive when things come up you know, and and not becoming so attached to outcome or attached to some of the emotional processes, not denying your emotions, but learning to kind of move through them in a way that flows in your release times faster and things like that. Um, So it it definitely took it to a different level. And I love that when when you learn things and then you come back to them later in life and you get a different sort of set of, ideas or information about it and you get to bring it back home again and reintegrate it. So, so that was, that had a big impact for sure.
0: I'm, I'm chuckling only because I too had a very similar experience. Uh-huh. So I, I bought, uh, the course in miracles about maybe six years ago mm-hmm. and when I started to read it. All of that, uh, talking about the Father and uh, the Holy Spirit, right. I created mm-hmm. I it. Mm-hmm. And then, then uh, in, I guess it was 2012, maybe, or, or Christmas of 2011, mm-hmm. I can't remember, one of those two Decembers,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I picked up the disappearance of the universe. Oh, my gosh, that's the year that I got it. We got really? it. Talk about energetic waves or something. That, that gives me chills. chills.
1: That's
0: when I got yes, it. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I went to Vienna, and I took it with me because I knew it was a thick book and it was a long flight,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I could not put that book down. The Disappearance of the Universe. Same. I knew that I was reading something that was not only helping me understand and what my own, but it was telling me that I needed to read a Course in Miracles. Yes. yes. I kid you not hope, I came back from Vienna, I pulled my Course in Miracles book off the shelf, and in two weeks, I spent two weeks reading it back to back.
1: Wow. Cover to
0: cover, entire book. I, I, I had never read anything in in such a way that I could not put it down. Thank goodness, this was in, in December, so right. everybody was slow, we're out I, yeah. I didn't have to do much of anything, except for for immerse myself in A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. And it's why I had been given the power of awareness five years earlier, but it, it helped me really take the teachings of the power of awareness mm-hmm. and deepen, deepen them in myself because I was mm-hmm. entering the last five years of my life, which has been very, very tumultuous. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about how you have gleaned how has it helped you in your day-to-day life because really that's where the rubber meets the road
1: yes if it
0: wasn't for the, the practical application of these these principles
1: mm-hmm.
0: this it would have no no meaning i think if it right. wasn't for how it literally transforms how we show up in the world. So, mm-hmm. tell
1: me about
0: your your experience with um, how do you live it? Mm. How how does it show up in?
2: Um, one of the other things that it that it brings up is it does talk a lot about perception and how we're perceiving the world kind of through our own lenses. So it so for me. Um, I'm constantly walking around going, you know, kind of, this is my perceptual filter. This is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. This is how I'm kind of processing the world around me and my interactions with different people um, and in different situations. So I've become really super aware uh, and uh, kind of monitoring myself, which is, been, which is wonderful. Um, and then, but then it always goes back to, as I'm doing that, giving that same grace um, to others. So if I were to really kind of sum it up simply, I would say monitoring my perceptions, figuring out who I am in in different situations and what that means at the time, but then also extending great love and grace and forgiveness. That to me is where the rubber meets the road, is, you know, as as life is going to bring us a plethora of experiences, and it is going to be tumultuous sometimes, and it is going to be rough, and gosh knows I've had some really rough times. Um, and so being able to kind of fall back on those spiritual principles, it, it has helped tremendously.
0: Yeah, so the way that I experienced that entire um, aspect of projections and perception, mm-hmm, mm-hmm because The Course in Miracles does make that extremely clear. And yes. as Jody commented, um, mm-hmm. I, I do know that book, and I do know those teachings because
1: yeah. I,
0: I practice them. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's share with you what that means. So make it practical. Let's use some practical languaging for what is the power of really understanding projections and perceptions so you share how you would describe it and then um i'll, I'll add to that uh or or come away.
2: okay um so i guess because i i do it with my family i do it with everyone in my own personal life i also employ that when i'm working with clients because i'm now at a place where i'm coaching and doing kind of some healing work as well, which has been a huge transition the last three or four years. Um, I use it myself because I'm always gauging what is happening with me in any particular interaction. And then, you know, when I'm thinking about, gosh, I'm living in sort of this projected reality, like this whole hologram of existence is this sort of this projected screen in front of me.
1: And any interaction,
2: that I engage in with anyone at any given time has something to teach me or tell me. Um, And then how I receive those interactions and how I make sense of them is really my projection and my perception. And so when I'm aware of that, you know, um, and I I do it with everything, and then I, I tell other folks as well, I tell my children they're being raised with this. You know also like is that yours to own or is that somebody else's and and part of my work with this and i don't mean to get off on a rabbit trail but part of my work with this too has been learning really good boundaries that's a life thing for me is, is especially as an empath so people like you and i doing this work um and really being aware of the layers of perception and projection that goes into any interaction with somebody so if we get in a conflict situation um, and maybe that person's not operating from the same set of principles, we still have to be in our space of love and grace but and forgiveness and letting go. But then there's the boundaries piece for me as well. So I, I used to be more of that kind of doormat. Oh, love and grace, and I'll forgive you, and it'll be okay. And what I realized through contrast, because we are in a dualistic, on a sort of a dualistic planet, or it's projected that way, um, is has been to learn to pull back and go okay, but love is also taking care of yourself and knowing what your limits are, and and you know there's the whole boundary piece. So I apologize for going down that path, but um, but it all kind of in my mind and in my world, it all kind of, oh. sort of works together.
0: It does. it does. It all it all definitely works together. Mm-hmm. So this entire concept of projection
1: mm-hmm.
0: was was really made very clear for me in going back 10 years when I was in the midst of really reading you know um, the first book as a, a voracious reader and I wasn't mm-hmm. much of a reader and all of a sudden I started reading you know those first two books about reincarnation and past lives and um, uh, near-death experiences and in a period of about five years I must have read about 500 books
2: totally I could
0: not stop reading it, it was amazing mm-hmm. but one of the books that made a huge impact and from time to time I do teach uh, workshops specifically on that book was by um, or is by Debbie Ford and it's called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers
1: mm-hmm.
0: And what that book was that everything that I see on the outside is a reflection of me. Is, yes. is yes. authentically or inauthentically. And when I began to to really question what it what that person is reflecting back to their uh, adulations of me, what is that reflecting about me? What do I own about me or what I, What do I disown about me? And I began to look at projection as nothing more than a beautiful opportunity to see myself reflected and became my mirror. Right. I talk about opening. It was absolutely amazing to begin to look at myself, my ugly side, my beautiful side, mm-hmm. and raise have considered
1: right no,
0: doing that um, was profoundly life changing because now I had to begin to look at what's going on in here I could no longer continue to point at the world and and use the world as um, something other than myself all mm-hmm. of a sudden it became a question for me Talk about feeling that very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Looking at projections and realizing that is always coming from me. But that's what, to me, the spiritual journey it is all about is is a journey returning to looking at all of the ways that we have done mm-hmm. and using the world to hide it. It's like what we don't want to see about ourselves, we put it out there.
1: Yes. Which
0: yes. is the fun of the game because we're reclaiming ourselves by seeing what we've disowned in
1: others. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely.
0: So when you're talking about setting up boundaries, especially when we're beginning this journey because we're discovering things about ourselves that make us very vulnerable, make it mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, targets of ridicule or targets for shaming, yeah. uh, you've gone off the deep end, which mm-hmm. in a way we are. We're falling off of the norm and
1: mm-hmm.
0: we are really entering a realm that it, it is not normal in the world, but it's what leads us to our true self.
1: Yeah. Um, yes. So
0: those boundaries necessary mm-hmm. but but I have come to um say you don't really need boundaries mm-hmm. um and that's for me going back to the teachings of Jesus mm-hmm. realizing through a course in miracles that we're in the world of duality but yes. we don't have to we don't have to be of it
2: and, right. and exactly
0: everybody doing the best that they can with whatever whatever level of awareness they have
2: exactly
0: you know we're all you don't need to create really boundaries with people who are unaware of how much more there is because really truly when you love people you don't need you don't need to defend yourself or protect yourself from them right i'm glad you're bringing this up now yes it's taking a while to get to the place where i can say that Feel it now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that if you know somebody is not going to come and attack me, that I'm not going to want to defend myself. Right. Because for my of time now that I know the truth, life is a playground. Now it's fun. I have no intention of leaving anytime soon. But right. I don't walk around in my mind feeling that anybody can hurt me because. Through the game of projections,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I don't. I, I don't have to think there's a world out there against me because I can choose to see the world as nothing more, nothing more than aspects of myself that I really need to come to love.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, that, that Christ consciousness waking up inside of me, reminding me that our work. Here, as Jesus did 2,000 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. as Buddha did 2,500 years ago, mm-hmm. is, is about realizing that if we remember the truth of who we are, none of us would do harm to anybody else. Operating in, wow. in, a, in a fearful way is because they don't remember who they are. Now that I know who I am and I know who they are. It's, it's my joy to hold that vision of them. Why wouldn't I want to feel that much love for somebody else?
2: It's wonderful right. it's, it's to feel that inside. And yes, and, and when you experience that, I, yes, I do. And I know exactly what you're saying. And, and I love the way you just expressed all of that. Um, there have been times, there have been a few key moments in my life where I have encountered um, definite sort of abuse and cruelty. And so those have been very difficult circumstances over the years um, because I've always defaulted into what am I? This is a reflection of something that I need to learn. This is a reflection of, of something because I'm not an abusive person. I'm a very naturally loving, forgiving person. So what is that showing me that 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 is showing up in my world? What do I need to do with that? And so over time, when I would be presented with situations like that, um, and for a long time it showed up in, in relationships, I had to learn that, yes, I can hold this space of sort of unconditional love and not having a sense of, of boundaries, per se, and you're just a reflection of me or whatever, but then figure out how do I also ground that? So how do I have all of these concepts and understandings and perspectives? To me, it's like we're in a dualistic reality, but perspectives are almost like a geometric cube. There are so many different perspectives that we can gain as we spin that little cube around, you know, having these interactions with different people and figuring out what is – that a projection of, what do I have to learn from that? How, what are they reflecting back to me? So I think for me, the darkest times have been, of course, the greatest teachers, um, and it's, and so even though I've, I've had to learn to come to this very grounded place of, and it's not fear-based. I'm not even sure if I'm expressing this well, but um, I do not live from a fear-based reality. And that's been one, one of the other greatest things that The Course in Miracles kind of gave to me over time. So even though I say I'm, I'm being careful if those circumstances pop up and do I defend myself or not, what do I accept, what those kinds of behaviors are not, what is that saying to me, what can I continue, how can I continue to learn and grow through that? Anything I do is, is never fear-based. It's, it, I really strive for it to be coming out of that place of love. And I would say the past couple of years for me, I've had a lot of lessons come forth in really raising that vibration in that sense of what does it really mean to love unconditionally and to accept where people are on their journeys because we are all on these paths up the same mountain, you know, um, and non-attachment to outcome. and and to really love everyone, and really integrate and embody that understanding of that we are God, and we are love, and we are all here together, just reflecting that back to each other. Um, I'm very grateful for what's come forward recently, and I I just think my understanding of of love just continues to deepen.
1: I hope this just made sense. What I said. <laughs> okay.
0: Good. Describe uh, love, and it now.
1: Mm. Oh, that's a good one.
2: Love to me is is twofold. It's a state of being. It's a, it's acceptance. Um, yes, thank you, Maria. Um, it's it's the accept it's the state of acceptance of self and others in a very pure form, and non judgment and grace. And then love to me is also a verb. So there's love as a state of being, but then there's love as embodying love. So like I'll, when I write, sometimes at the end I'll always say "be love" at the end of my little writings. I have a be love tattoo. So, so I really believe in love as a verb in that sense. Be love, show love, embody love. Um, give that to others, emanate it from yourself. And if I were to have to define that, it, it that's interesting, because it's, it would be a state of, um, again, I guess I would go back to the non-judgment and the peace and the grace. And, and there's almost a bliss component to it as well. Yes, so How would you define it? How do you define it?
0: You know what is so interesting is that I, I have changed my definition of love really in the last, I'm going to say, year or two because of where the lessons that I'm experiencing right, right
1: now. hmm
0: Before that, it, it was about being loved. Love being a verb for Mm -hmm. me to actually be, but what it has changed to and Mm -hmm. it has just given me an incredible, um, an incredible sense of connection, a deeper connection to to all of life. Mm -hmm. It that love for me now, my willingness to receive what is real. So I experience love now when everything that I look at, everybody, every situation, if I can receive it, um, when, when there's something that I'm judging, I'm resisting
2: it. Right. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So there is a definite. I'm not going to let that in.
2: Yep.
0: In my resistance, I am in. That I'm separate now with receiving, because it's an allowing. It's a it's a taking it in without without having to have an opinion about it.
1: I mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm.
0: love has become a a letting all of life in. If I'm resisting it, I cannot be pushing it out. And mm-hmm. what I have, now, so as the course the miracle says, giving and receiving. I used to think that by me giving love, I was receiving love. But what I realized is by my receiving everything as love, I am literally in that moment giving of myself because there's nothing held back. So it really turned it around and you know, I don't know if that's going to change, but for today, love means my willingness to receive, whether it's in a bird, whether it's in a, yes, yeah. that is love, yeah. whether it's in the rain right now that's happening mm-hmm. outside,
1: mm-hmm. Or,
0: you know, an angry person or, you know, a loving gesture from somebody is, yeah. is receiving it all, all equally. As a projection of myself, mm-hmm. how do I want to receive that aspect of me?
2: Yes, and it's—I it's- would—I would call that a lot of times when I go into mindfulness, and I really try to do that too in my daily walk. So if I'm sitting with a cup of tea, or I'm sitting outside and there's a bird, like you say, or or anything like that, or music, I, I really try to stop and take a moment and just. It sounds cliche, but become one with that. Go, go into that. Flow into that.
1: Really honor it in
2: that moment. And, and that kind of feels the same as what you're saying. Like receiving and just opening myself up to really all that is. And as it manifests in these different little forms here and there, stopping and, and just being in a state of grace with it as, as part of it all. Yes.
0: And that the consistency of living in that space for Mm -hmm. me is what, what matters more than anything in the world Mm -hmm. is to like Don Miguel Reese wrote in the four agreements that Mm -hmm. being impeccable with your word, couple with my, my recognition that receiving the world, as, as a gift of God, Source, Spirit, Universe, whatever yes. you want to call it,
1: yes. receiving
0: it as the gift that it is mm-hmm. allows me to um, be the presence of Buddha nature. Um, so it really, it really is fascinating But mm-hmm. we're here at the, the last few minutes of, mm-hmm. of uh, Align with Lina. Mm-hmm. And I want you to you tell me what is the the, the most exciting thing in your life now, also, how can people connect with you? You because yes, you are a beautiful healer, um, and your spiritual big shift when when our friend passed away, right? Um, all that propelled you to the work find you. So, weave all of that together, I'm sure you can quickly <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be quickly we know if we stay a little longer that's okay but we've been all- because it is it is all connected
2: it is it is so it, it's been um beautiful kind of the first half of my life doing being on this journey and and reading graciously just like you did oh my gosh the commonalities that you and I have with that um path and then not really having like I got Reiki one and two, seventeen years ago, you know. So as a part of learning about all that, they, I was learning about energy and how to feel it and how to use it. But I didn't use any of it actively. I didn't. I didn't kind of weave it into something that I could then offer up to the world. I wasn't sure that I would ever get to. I knew that it was such a huge part of who I am and that it meant everything to me. But I. But I never really felt that it was something I would step into. And actually do as, as mission work while I'm here. And, um, and so, you know, what turned the light switch on was our friend passing. And I learned through that, that grief will absolutely do that. You know, those are huge pivotal moments in a lot of people's lives where they'll turn a corner when something like that occurs. And, um, and so I remember when he passed, just knowing knowing like cognizantly in my core that it's time. It's your time. You got to, it's coming, embrace it, figure out what it's going to look like for you and what you're going to offer. And you're going to have all the assistance right there that you need from, you know, the universe and my guides and angels and God. And, and that's really how it rolled out and mentors came in to help me along the way. Um, so the right people showed up because the student was ready, <laughs> and um, and I wanted it so badly. I was so excited, and it just felt so right. It was time. So this was 2013. So it's been going on for about four years now. Um, so what it has become is is just really an offering of services of who I am and my life experiences, and just what I bring to the table, like a quilt, patchwork quilt. So um so. For the past few years, I have been doing coaching, intuitive coaching. Um, it's not just about doing readings for folks. For me, it's about soul growth. It's absolutely about growing as souls, and what can I do to support you on that journey? And a, and a lot of that work turns into intuitive development, because I'm not just here to sit up and give you a bunch of answers and and. You know, kind of. I'm not a guru. We're we're our own gurus, you know. And so, whatever I can do to then spin that around and empower others to then be able to do this for themselves and others, let's spin it out because we're all capable of of healing and doing this together. Um, and so, I've I've written a few books. I've got a new book coming out in a few days, and it's called We Rise. And it's going to be about the ascension process that's going on right now, and other articles I've written on like health and personal growth. Um, I lead retreats up in, in the mountains, usually around the Asheville area. There's I've made friends with um, Mountain Light Sanctuary and the people up there. So I tend to lead retreats from time to time with folks. And, um, and some new things are just now coming on the horizon. It's going to expand even further. And I think for a lot of us doing this right now, um, the, the energies are such with this eclipse coming and all of these fabulous things that are happening, um, universally in, in, in the sky and whatever it's bringing home to us where it's, it's just going to ramp up. It's going to be more and more. And I'm so excited and I'm so blessed and I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I love God and I love humanity and I am just happy to be on the planet to be here and do this. this
0: it, and isn't that really what this whole journey of awakening is? is mm-hmm. we're waking up to receive that there is an interconnectedness. Yes. With everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the messages come from everything
1: and mm-hmm. that yes,
0: to they do. To serve
2: as for that information. How beautiful mm-hmm. is that? So
0: how can people find you?
2: Oh, So I have a website, um, it's www.onemountain.net, based on this whole principle of all of these paths, getting us to the same destination. So I have that website. Um, I'm here on Facebook. I have a One Mountain page on Facebook. Um, and then I'm just out here as myself. And I lost you uh, for a second.
0: One, it's one Mountain O-N-E.
2: Yes, O N E Mountain.net.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna put that in the comments. Okay. Uh, so I want people to be able to see that.
2: Okay, and I do have a retreat coming up September the twenty second that weekend. So I am leading a retreat with a friend of mine. Um, and that's, and that w- that's listed on the website as well. So, lovely fall retreat. It should be nice.
0: Is that the correct uh, website right there? It is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to thank you for having this conversation with me because, you know, there are so many ways that we're going to come to know the truth. And I feel that w- what what's really happening here is we're aligning with the truth of who we are. That's why yeah. I call this lineup I want to for helping people remember not only their truth, mm-hmm. but see all of the different ways that we have all come to align. Yes. All the paths that that do lead to the one place that that, ironically enough, is the place that we never left.
1: Yes. Because
0: yep. it. We are inside. And truth by by looking at what's not true, by looking mm. at beliefs that tell us we're not one, or beliefs that tell us that um, we're separate, or yeah. that justifies our resentments, our angers, our jealousy. Right. Um, so, I, I want to give you the opportunity to end the broadcast with some words of wisdom because every one of us that goes through this journey has wisdom to share. So, if you If you were starting your journey again today, what would you like to have known to move through this process um, more smoothly, more quickly? Because I do believe that we can actually move faster if if we want to. Yes, yeah. So leave us with your words of wisdom. What is it that you would like to um, share?
1: With humanity,
2: I like the way you phrase it. If I could go back to when I started on, I like that, um, that framing of that question. Um, so, if I could do it in that sense, I the main wisdom I would give to myself is to really trust yourself, to follow your heart, which sounds cliche but is true, and to also. Follow your um, your gut because that's your intuitive center. And if I could go back, I would say, you know, trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. You know, it, what resonates with you is, is just like you said, Lina. It's, it's sitting in here. Anyway, it's a lot of us just coming back home to ourselves. Um, so to really trust that process, trust it. And know that you, you've got this and that everything you need to be on this path is going to come to you really at the right time. Um, and to just be bold and brave and have fun.
0: Yes, totally. Because this to me
2: is, is fun. Yeah. I love it.
0: When I had my encounter with um, with Jesus in, in 2007, and I asked, how am I going to know? Oh how will i really know and living by this truth that you're you're showing me mm-hmm. and the voice said you will know you are awake when life is fun and easy yes and i have been yes once into that
1: mm-hmm. and that's
0: how i like you said because i it, it gets hard and difficult the fun gets sucked out of it because i know my ego mind got in the way um, right. But I love what you said. Thank you for those words of wisdom. It is about having fun. It is about listening exactly. to our intuition and trusting ourselves because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we're just returning to the very knowledge that is already. Exactly. So much. And thank you for being the bright light that you are and teaching this to your children, to your mm-hmm. community. It's beautiful to watch. How you stand as a beautiful, bright
2: beacon
0: of light in your circle with those who are around you. So thank, thank
2: you. you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is wonderful. Wow.
0: You'll help me spread the word. Because I will. I
2: absolutely will.
0: The more people can have, um, can see that ordinary people like you and special guru and go to, some mountaintop for 27 years, or right, right. Be holed up in an ashram. This we're waking up in our everyday life. God, no. Yes. I had an awakening, and the next day I was making peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> That's exactly right. And running carpool. Keeping That's it, it. All right, my yes. friend. Thank you so much. And thank we you. Will, we will end with what Mario said. Mm-hmm. Um, just be. Just yes.
2: yes beautiful i love you thank, thank you, you. bye
0: and thank you all for joining us and i look forward to um having you be part of a line with line again next week on Monday. so i look forward to seeing you then thanks a bunch and have a magnificent day